Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, this is Julia Rayside, and thank you for listening to Always There, the Howard's Way podcast. I am live at the Mermaid Boatyard. I really, really am. I'm standing in there right now on the south coast of England on a beautiful sunny day. Just to let you know, this is part two of the final episode of Howard's Way. We had to record two podcasts because our guest, Phil Jupiter, was so spectacular. And um, he forgot to mention, actually, in the first podcast that uh, his stepdad, Norman... Uh, used to actually carve figureheads for ships. And if I'm standing in a boatyard now looking at a few figureheads. Some of them may have actually been carved by Norman. So um, next time, we're going to get Phil back to do another episode. He's expressed an interest in Kate O'Mara, so I think it'll be in her series. We're going to ask him which ones he, he carved, because he said anything on the south coast that was carved in wood was probably one of his stepdads. I'm just going to walk back to the main road now, because I'm getting looks. <laughs> Past another beautiful wooden boat, actually. But yeah, please enjoy. This is the second part of Phil Jupiter's uh, Always There episode. If you want to hear the first part, then go back to episode 13 and listen. It's a belter. I highly recommend you do. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. And we'll see you in series two of Howard's Way and series two of Always There. Bye. Anyway, yes, they talk about Jan's marriage imploding. Kate's really pissed yeah. off because she really prefers Tom to her own daughter. Yeah. Back at the hospital, obviously it's where Abby tells her mum to fuck off once yeah, and for yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. And she tells Leo, uh, because she's decided it can't be her fault, it must be his fault. I'm going to make you pay! Which is a line that no one would ever it's say in It's an absolute life. proper pantomime scene, that. Yeah. That's where it got a little bit... The writing of... in this episode, I have to say, isn't the best writing. It's a shame you didn't see a better episode. But, you know, fair enough. No sailing, no good writing. Thanks I... for really saving this. Uh, oh, thanks for just I... saving the gold for me, really. <laughs> we, we're going to talk about the direction more because I yeah. think the direction is something else. In this scene, so we start the hospital scene with a close-up of not just the drip bag, but the drip of saline coming out the end of the pipe yeah. and landing yeah. in the bag, which I thought, you know, for that day and age, was pretty avant-garde yeah. for like Sunday tea time she on BBC One. She very much enjoys Tom Howard's back. She does. 
I mean, so if there's a scene where you're doing an over-the-shoulder of Tom to Avril, uh, is uh, is Avril hanging out the back of Tom? <laughs> I don't think that's physically possible, but maybe the other way around. No, what, <laughs> no in my mind's eye, I, they've all got incredibly weird sexual versions, <laughs> and Tom is into pegging. So <laughs> I don't know what that is, but carry on. Excellent. Do not Google that. So I'm just saying, <laughs> I just, but there's just, uh, in all the scenes yeah. where you're looking over, you've got Tom's POV of Avril. Yes. And so you're looking from behind Tom. He takes up three quarters of the string, his big, <laughs> I mean, pastel blue back, and then his amazingly coiffured hair. And then, and, and Jen's almost like peeking over his shoulder, like, a, oh, look, who's over there? The camera. He's, well, you know, the camera loves him, it has to be loves said. His back. And then Jan and Kate are talking again. Kate's saying that Ken is no substitute for Tom and calls him a wolf in wolf's clothing. A wolf in wolf's clothing, mm-hmm. which uh, I'm, uh, I'm loving the a wolf in wolf's clothing. <laughs> that is a wolf. <laughs> Stretch that line. Wolves, a wolf dressed as wolves. That's... I mean, how would we know if they were? Think about it's really it. Weird. Imagine if you like after a busy day being a wolf <laughs> in the zoo, you go backstage and then oh god, I'm knackered, and you pull pull off your wolf suit. What's underneath? underneath you're a wolf. <laughs> Same thing. Oh, I'm knackered. Oh, I couldn't wait to get my work clothes off. Oh, look at the state of you. <laughs> <laughs> Into the washing machine. And then my favourite bit of this episode is when Ken arrives, not knowing that the ground is hostile, that Kate hates him. And he's pretending not to see that they're literally just behind the glass door finishing off their conversation. He comes to the front door and he's like straightening his tie in the mirror for like about five minutes while they finish their talk. Ah. And then uh, and then he turns I, around I and comes in. I didn't observe this. I oh, wish I'd just, seen that now. I'm going to watch it again. Sorry. Mm. Uh, anyway, and he's, he turns around and he's wearing a cream or white, I couldn't tell, leather jacket. Yeah, it's with a, um, with a shirt and tie. Yeah, it's kind the of fuck? Uh, a bit bizarre. It's just a horrible, uh, then, uh, but very a Ken. Beautiful handshake snub. <laughs> beautiful handshake snub. She leaves him snub. hanging. Yeah, she does leave him hanging. It's, it's quite. It's very Although, cold. Although he sees the snub and he pulls away. He does. He tries to keep, you know, sort of light-hearted, but you can see he's hurt by that. And then Kate says to her daughter as she leaves, you won't forget what I've been saying to you just now, will you? Just she has to like articulate that, yeah. and then she goes, and then. We go I to bet the, the writers had homework as well when they wrote this one. <laughs> it was me, okay, it was me. <laughs> I wrote it. That's why I'm trying to bring it back. Yeah, so no, then. Ah, we- <laughs> Jack! Tom! Fiberglass isn't going to work. I'm going to go and buy some sweets. <laughs> if, it was a, if it wasn't a Sunday, it was a Sunday. I was allowed sweets on Sunday, so no, that would be, <laughs> that would be fine. <laughs> so then we go to the Jolly Sailor. I watched this Again. scene very. Yeah, I had to watch this scene very closely because, you know, no, this is the first time they've been in this episode. They've been at the Yacht Club before now. Yeah. The pub normally gets featured a bit more uh, yeah. sort of around boatyard scenes. Tom and Avril are sitting outside having a wine in two differently shaped glasses because ladies have to have like that narrow wine glass because yeah. their hands are smaller and daintier and then men can have like a Paris goblet, the bigger ones. He tells Avril that he's getting a divorce. Yeah. Confusingly then, Avril has also come out of a relationship with Charles Freer who is now banging Tom's daughter. What so the he's like, dealio, um, this oh, by is the way, a mess. Yeah, I know, right? By the way, that guy you were banging, like, what's he like? And she's like, oh, he's not very nice. So that's, oh. um, that's not what Tom wants to Uh-oh. hear. Yeah. And then, then there's a sudden complete shift. Almost never do you see a night scene in Howard's Way. They almost always film during the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really sure why. Maybe just the locations are tricky. Suddenly there's like interior, boatyard, night. Yeah. And the phone's ringing. And it's, it's like, it's noir. It's pure noir. This director is like, right. Brilliant. Night shot. Fantastic. It's like the private detective's office in a noir film. Camera comes to rest on the phone ringing. And then it's Shellett, the haunted eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And he just sort of, like, here's the answer message and just hangs up. It's not clear why he would be ringing the boatyard when he's taking them to court. In the middle of the night when he's taking them to court. Maybe just to hear Jack's voice on the answer machine so he could get really angry. Maybe something else <laughs> you don't see yeah you did maybe below the shot that we're watching he's doing something <laughs> unspeakable he is sitting on the floor now i feel now we know why his eyes are haunted <laughs> yes he liked his sister's uh, husband uh, it's time to say that there's not only one gay in the show i need to tell everybody i like wood of many sorts if you catch my drift tom i've it actually a, it was a fake marriage <laughs> Didn't love her. I love men. I love the lot, sea. There's a lot of lavender marriages in this show, it turns out. Not nah, this one. Tom. Um, <laughs> kiss me, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and just lots of snogging noises. Oh, um, great. <laughs> while you look out to see at a boat doing something phallic. I don't know. What can a boat do? You can't put a boat through a tunnel, so that doesn't really work. Oh, no. It's just the crashing of the waves. <laughs> exactly. The boat bobbing. If the boat's bobbing. If the boat's bobbing, <laughs> that means Jack's nobbing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's oh remake my. it now. I know, I know. This is there's a groundswell of feeling that this should definitely come back now. Oh, yeah. Let's, if we did it today, so yeah. it'd be with a new generation. So yeah. that baby that was born yeah. would own the boatyard, definitely. So the baby, yeah, the and baby, then, and with his completely um, silent stepfather would arrive and give him instructions he can't understand. And then Jack <laughs> has got like a big Easter Island style statue yeah. of Jack in the middle of Tarrant after he saved the village from that volcano. <laughs> Uh, have by, you been watching by ahead? Putting, <laughs> by putting a wooden boat in it. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then there's a hipster boat merchant yeah, who actually weaves be. boats out of his own beard. <laughs> Are you making a start on one of those? I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to be doing it. Anyway, the next day at the yeah. boatyard, a red car pulls up. It's the potential manufacturers of Tom's right. boat yeah. design. Yeah. And so Tom and Avril are kind of tidying up and Jack's just got his feet on the desk because he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he never gives a shit about anything. I like the fact... Uh, here's one of my favourite things of this episode is mm. uh, Jack's insistent on putting shoes in filing cabinets. <laughs> Yes. This kind of bizarre, which is, I mean, come on, I'm sorry, but that is like, you know, they're just, oh, Dad, why do you have to, rather than, Dad, should we get you tested for dementia? He's <laughs> yeah. putting shoes Are in the filing right? cabinet. That's the first sign, isn't it? Are you shouting the word wood a lot and putting your shoes in, fern- in the wrong furniture? Then you may have early onset Alzheimer's. <laughs> Then we move on to the Howard residence where Lynn is looking beautiful and forlorn. And I think she's being shot through something. This episode, the director keeps on shooting like through banisters. So she's kind of in the middle of the shot, slightly far away, a bit of yeah. Vaseline on the lens. Yeah, yeah. Always on the phone, always looking sad. Yeah. Uh, there's no world from Charles. And that's where, this is such a weird moment, she just turns so that the camera can linger on her sad face yeah. while the sad music plays and looks down the barrel. And it's like, wait a minute. Oh. Uh, you can't do that. You've broken the fourth wall. You've broken the fourth wall. Look at us. You're looking at me. It's and there really you are as a 10-year-old mm-hmm. going, Lynn, I can help you. I can be your best friend and we can plait each other's hair. I'd yeah. love to have plaited her hair, actually. That would have made Do me Do you have long happy. hair when you were 10? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've always had long hair. Yeah. Once my mum cut it and I cried for a week and she said, oh no, it's fine. You look like Glynis Barber from Dempsey and Mapies. I was like, I don't. I don't look like Glynis Barber. I look like a scarecrow. <laughs> What a, I mean, fair play to your mother for coming up with that. You look like Glenis Barber from Dempsey and Makepeace. You have to admit, I do look exactly like her. She was just trying to save a bad situation. Yeah, wow. It wasn't even blonde. It wasn't even blonde, Phil. Oh. 
Anyway, Lynn's sad. That's, She's very sad. They're building up like a backlog of sadness for Lynn. Her only purpose is that they're ramping up her sadness. The thing is, is what they do at the beginning of the episode. They say Charles is going to let you down. Yeah. And then there are two, three incidences of letting down. Yeah. So Jan gets a phone call. Sandy's mm-hmm. cancelling. Lynn's doing a lot of phoning up. Well, where is he? Can I talk to him? What's he doing? Yeah. And then he sends flowers, although he obviously he didn't send them. Yeah. Uh, Gerald did, who then clearly told his secretary to send them. It's all just, you know, it's heading one way. Disappointment. Then we go back to the boatyard and finally we get like a really good fucking look at a boat, <laughs> although it's upside down being built. And, uh, and it's made of fiberglass. No, well, no, it's not. So this is the compromise. Tom is fiberglass, modernity, the future. Jack is like, no, the past, old boats, wood. And their compromise is to build this prototype together it has to be like a plastic shell but the insides are all wood and yeah. Jack really like swirls with pride he's showing these people around stroking the wood going look at the workmanship and he says it's sheer bloody elegance um, do you like a good hull did you like that one <laughs> as I saw it there inverted you saw quite a lot of yard. detail you know you did indeed nice framework I, th- I thought it was a lovely piece of work I don't know I'm if they made sure it, that it I'm not sure that it will displace £10,000 Eleven. What? Just get your facts right. Eleven thousand. Eleven thousand pounds. Oh God, I hate you. So. <laughs> you love it. Um, anyway, so then we go to the golf club, and it's suspiciously exactly like the tennis club, but with different coloured umbrellas. I know. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so I think we just have to assume it's the same club. Yeah. And Sir John has come to meet Ken or Kenneth, as he calls him. Sir John, who's uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sir John far far far, who is something to do with the Merchant Bank. Kenneth. <laughs> and clearly there's some sort of weird father-son thing going on there where Ken just wants John to be his daddy yeah. <laughs> and and make him posh too and he says he's thinking of joining the yacht club and then asks what he'd like to drink he says a gin and tonic because I think he thinks that's what you should it's, order I mean the, the way that Ken is it's like literally it's like uh, is he under some sort of speed trial for getting to be a posh person yeah. was he like a bus driver two weeks ago <laughs> it's like challenge and, they, and, it, and it's like you've got four weeks to become a, a knight of the realm oh god I'm a bus driver what I'm going to do and is this week one is yeah. it the end of week one yeah golf club sherry <laughs> and talking to bankers good <laughs> got it sorted yes he is he's definitely in a hurry I mean, that's for I hope that sure. next week he arrives in scenes on horseback <laughs> <laughs> Curiously, Ken, who doesn't do any sailing in this and does go into the powerboat business, uh, the actor who played him, Stephen Yardley, was the only one who liked sailing before the show started. Oh, right. And he doesn't get to sail Not at afterwards, all. I'll wait. <laughs> well, he never gets to sail, so, you know. Yeah. yeah. He has to do yeah, it in his spare time. a tattoo across his back in big letters that says, <laughs> fuck boats. <laughs> I'm seriously not considering... Not like a Tony Enholt fuck boat. What? <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that's a fuck boat, that's not a fuck, fuck boat. boat. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm genuinely considering getting like a little flying fish just there yeah, on my yeah. wrist. Yeah, yeah. But I just I what's the flying fish? I can't keep getting TV tattoo. It's the boat, not the one they're designing. The one that's how like many the tattoos have you got? Are they I've all only, TV I've, tattoos? I've only got one. What is it? It's the Blue Peter badge. That's solid. I like that. <laughs> it's really lovely. Did one of the Blue Peter presenters tattoo it onto you? No, then but I it have, doesn't count. I, I, well, I don't use it to get into museums. I mean, Val Singleton <laughs> does have a tattoo parlour on the North Circular Road. She does mostly bikers. Okay, Janet Ellis has seen it and she liked it. <laughs> seen Val over there. So killer. What would you like on this one? <laughs> so Any, yeah no, so I'm, I'm mulling it but you know it's a bit I, tattoos are fine until you have to start explaining them to people and then it's like am I going to be that person who's like well this one is uh, Dempsey and Makepeace and this one's Lovejoy um, <laughs> don't think that'd be good a Lovejoy tattoo tink you're going to get tink over your tinker, back yeah maybe just a massive tinker on your back <laughs> Just take. I saw him in the street once. I was walking down South Ken Parcel Museums and he crossed the road in front of me and I was genuinely just speechless. Yeah. Really? 
really wow great character actors of our time just, just amazing. an amazing turn I know um, so then we go back to some business talk about business to do with business I haven't even said who's talking about business here someone does they just they just say the word business a lot and then they cut to another yeah. scene and then we go back to the yacht club and Gerald is hearing news of his new grandchild <laughs> this is really weird like Polly yeah. has been with Abby in hospital pushed her down not the stairs his no, well, not his not grandchild not his grandchild you know in name who is, who is her dad then oh I don't know if they've revealed this yet no okay. they haven't so I can't say you can't say I think it comes out in series 2 I don't want to spoil yeah. it for oh, the ladies well, and gentlemen I'll look forward to that when I watch series 2 <laughs> absolutely not going to help okay fine whatever there's no hope for you <laughs> so so Polly and Gerald have this kind yeah. of weird Polly sort of says she doesn't want to see me you talk to her and then he sort of oh I don't know I've never never really got on with her that well it's like you're her mum and dad as far as she's concerned that's yeah. very bleak so Gerald agrees he might try and talk her into coming home but All really right. yeah. not much conviction there yeah. and then because he's a bitchy queen he ends the scene with congratulations Polly you're a grandmother because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he knows that's going to really get Absolutely. on her yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, and she will kill again. <laughs> She's a she murdering did. nana now. It's, no, she is. She, I mean, she doesn't like being oh, a mother, let alone a grandmother. Oh, another spin-off series from Howard's Way, <laughs> Nan Hunter. Oh, yes, come on. She's the grandmother that kills, and they're trying to find her in Tarrant. Oh. <laughs> it's like a reversal of Miss Marple. She Amazing. Is the and then we go back to the hospital where Abby is smiling. Now, this is significant. She's, this is only the second time in 13 episodes that she has smiles. Oh, wow. I know, Who's tickling her? I, I note down. Is it a nurse with a feather on her foot? <laughs> um, but that's twice in two weeks, I've put here. That's really Excellent. quite something. Well, you know. And then Leo is crestfallen because the guy that got Abby up the duff is uh, rather improbably a ma- an American man called Orin, who, um, whose daddy's also a millionaire. And they met at finishing school, but I'm not quite sure what he was doing there because I thought it was only girls that went to finishing school. Yeah, but anyway. that's right. But she got knocked up by this guy. He's yeah. now found out that she's had a baby or that yeah. she's pregnant. So he's flying over. Oh, and that's not so good Leo's Leo. a bit... Mm, no, Leo. He'll be very quietly peeved about that. But oh, no God. one will know. Yeah, he'll have um, a massive... Oh, they'll have a flaming rail, one-sided. Yeah, <laughs> she's going to be there going, what? What? Just, As he has at her. What? I'm just looking at my notes, but we've got so much still to get through. I know, like, come we just, on, speed it up, right? Not, so not it's a podcast, well, not mine. Not that I ever want this to end, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so then we go this to is Ken. Going to be a two-week special, this one. <laughs> then we go to Masters Chandry, and Ken is all but just <laughs> dick out, waving it around the office because he's going to join the golf club, and the bank have, in principle, agreed to lend him money. Well, again, very this is happy. very much very obvious kind of signalling uh, for the fall, isn't it? It's just yes. it's just lifting him up for the fall. Always, and it's like you know, there's <laughs> there's always people smarter than Ken and richer than Ken, yeah, and more privileged than Ken, yeah, that are going to bring Ken down. Unfortunately, you know? true. But, you know, he does. For the departure of Thatcher, right he's, there. He's exactly. The signs were there to be seen in Howard's way. If only she was a watcher. Yeah, she'd pay more attention. She yeah. may have learned. The oh my that. God, I'm Ken. <laughs> yes. As she drops her gin. Yeah, except with Polly's hair. Yeah. So then he practices his golf swing in the mirror in Jan's shop. He's now got a boutique that's attached to yeah. his chandlery. And um, so he's just standing silently <laughs> practising his I love the swing. way you said that. Because <laughs> now she's got a boutique that's attached to his chandlery. <laughs> it's a sentence I didn't think I'd be hearing today. I'm going to be honest with you. And then she answers the phone. Yeah. Perry Plus Boutique, good afternoon. Um, they never explain where the name Perry Plus came from. But it's like, what? A, it's such a bad name. Perimenopausal plus size women. Yeah. Shop here. Or really <laughs> badly named teenage boys who are fat. Have you got a son called Perry who's a bit overweight? Then come and get his t shirts at Perry Plus Boutique. It's such a bad name for a shop. Anyway, on the phone, it is French Claude. 
or Claude. Who's Claude? So Claude Where did he is come a, from? He's a French fashion designer from yeah. Cannes. And they visited him in a previous episode. Yeah. And Jan has seen his designs, loves them, wants to stock them in the shop. And that kind of escalates into the two of them going into business together. Basically, whenever they're on camera together, there's definitely a... A little French. Oh, that's whenever you see a French bloke with an English woman, you always imagine that's happening, don't you? It's just basically, it's just the yes. way, isn't it? I always have sex with a French man if I see one, just immediately. <laughs> it's just a vibe, isn't it? Just something that so happens. So do I actually. <laughs> when in Paris, <laughs> not even there sometimes. Um, and then, we <laughs> um, yeah. So then we cross to Relton Marine, which is the company that might manufacture Tom's boat. Yeah. And they've heard about the court case. They're worried about the mermaid boatyard, and they are putting the brakes on production because they aren't sure whether the boat will even be owned by the people they didn't right, yeah, yeah. come the court case so that's a bit of a setback and then finally we get to see some boats do you remember this bit so Jack and Kate are sitting in I think Jack's back garden which overlooks the marina yeah and there are some boats in the background yeah <laughs> did, did you was, like those that was the moment when I became aroused I started singing sea shanties <laughs> spraying myself with salty water <laughs> I had I had a <laughs> I had a squirter to the next to me, ready to go. Oh, I said, as, that's good. Just to give me that, the <laughs> briny, briny really... tang. <laughs> She's in season three. <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't had the best name of the episode yet. <laughs> briny tang's good, but it's not as good as, oh, just wait, just wait. Oh, that could be your burlesque name, briny tang. And you could always be dressed as a sailor. <laughs> well, there is, there is actually a burlesque artist. I think she's either American or she lives in America. So this is quite convoluted. But basically, my American relatives, they have gone back on the family tree because Americans yeah. like to do this and found out that like my great, great something seven times grandfather and Kate Middleton's yeah. seven times grandfather were the same guy. Yeah. And a, a woman with a similar claim to heritage to the Middleton family is doing like a royal burlesque routine. She tours America with it. Right. And going, I'm related to Kate Middleton. And that I could do that. I could fucking yes. do that. Right, Briny Tang. Briny Tang. That's Get it. it in. <laughs> Done. Anyway, and then we join Charles in the back of C F one, which is his car. It's got yeah, a number plate, C F one. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> I know the C F I thought of immediately when I saw Charles. So he's on the car phone, which I found very impressive as a kid. Pretty good. Like yeah, he's yeah, in the yeah. back of his car but talking on a phone. That was amazing. Yeah. Did Arthur Daly have a car phone? I don't think so. I didn't watch Minder until I was much older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the first dance at my wedding though. Oh, right. Theme tune to Minder. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> so Charles is on his car phone and he asks uh, Sir John to put the whole Ken Masters thing on hold for a bit. Just probably just because he wants to annoy him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah. wield power. He enjoys doing that. But also yeah. for some business reason that I didn't understand. And then back at the Howards, Tom goes to see Lynn because Jan has basically said, can you try and talk some sense into her about this yeah. whole Charles Freer thing? And he says, you know, you're being really gullible. And what happened to the old Lynn? And you haven't been sailing. And then he mentions, you know, mum says you've been staying away nights. And she has to remind him she's not a child anymore. And then she says when he brings up the subject of Ken Masters, I'm not the only one who's been staying away nights. So oh. now that's pretty much oh. confirmation. Jan is now banging Ken. Oh. Tom is banging Avril. Like their okay. marriage is not going to, you wow. know, it's just a bad business. Really. Have we as bad parents driven our daughter into the backseat of that man's <laughs> Rolls Royce? It's a Rolls Royce, like fair play. Well done. And back at the yard, Relton Marine, they're back visiting Avril. In fact, the guy from Relton Marine, so he's called David Lloyd, I think. Yeah, yeah. He Not comes. David Lloyd. <laughs> there were lots of those in the 80s. A lot of David Lloyds in the 80s. They all played tennis, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. So he's talking to Avril, and this is really weird again. So people get offered jobs in this show all the time, just to write oh, off, yeah, the, yeah, off the cuff. Yeah. Is she running Howard's, doing all the admin for the... 
She, oh, she's what like a she proper do? business lady. She yeah. runs the yard, basically. She does all the grown-up stuff so the yeah. other two can do all the boaty exactly, stuff. Exactly, yeah. So she yeah. does the grown-up stuff. So she is running a business yep. and some dipshit walks into the office and goes, we'd like you to be a secretary. <laughs> it's really I'm like, insulting. And I'm like, why Avril doesn't... <laughs> fuck you, mate. I know, she right looks... in the middle of the she episode. She looks intrigued. She looks... Like, oh, yeah, that'd be sweet to be a PA. I know. Fuck off, I run a business. Yeah, it's very, very odd. Like, he didn't offer her, you know, managing director or it's because she's a woman clearly and then in court now this is where it gets proper noir and I yeah. really enjoy the direction here um, Shellett the man with the haunted eyes he's chatting to his um, lawyer isn't yeah, he yeah he's getting ready and I, at this point in the notes I said he's so out of place in this like his style of acting and everyone else's he's so internal and like his past is in his eyes it's yeah. like throwing Mark Rylance into the middle of Albert Square yeah, yeah. It just looks so it just confusing. Properly, like, what? yeah. Haunted yeah. Eye Man doing his haunted work. I love watching him. I'd like to see him a bit more. I think he's only in the first series. We don't but see him. But it's that. really weird in that it, it, what's good about that kind of complete panic and vulnerability, you like it, it makes you think, well, he must have a claim because mm. he looks so troubled. Yes. And then and then they talk about some, um, not a phone call, something happened. The lawyer says, what about that thing in the paper? No. Oh, that's right. There's some advert that was put in the paper at the time of his sister's death. He was working in a copper mine in Port of Spain. Yeah, yeah. I love that detail. And he didn't know his no, sister died. I was up country. And... Uh, Shellet, best character in this entire episode. Oh no, I mean his life. Like, let's see that show. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, so I think the fact that at the time of his sister's death, they advertise for any relatives his to come sister and claim. Was killed by Mark Urquhart. And she probably chucked her in the Solent and just tied Absolutely. some concrete yeah, to her and just buy. Really. Uh, she's she's just a contract killer. She didn't even get anything out of it. She ginger just... ninja. <laughs> She is the most ginger person in the world, isn't she? Red like, and more, dead. More that'd be that'd be like her series. Her series, Red and Dead. You just want to like write spin-off shows for all these other characters. Absolutely. That's fine. That's yeah, totally yeah. fine. Jack's gay disco. <laughs> Jack's gay what? Disco. Discotech. Nobody got discotech near the boatyard. <laughs> Call it Jack's House of Fun. <laughs> what the okay we just need to get you to the end of this show now because I think you're losing the world to live what? Um, no, I'm very excited <laughs> best bit's coming my favourite yes, no, bit it is it is it's all, it gets really exciting now ready to pop the question the jewellers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So then we go back to the boutique. <laughs> and um, <laughs> there's the most Aquan Antiques bit that, that has yet been. This episode, I will concede, there is some bad dialogue oh, in this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and Jan is exactly in the way that Celia Emery would be in Aquan Antiques. She's seeing someone out of the door and she says, and we'll let you know when the rest of that range comes in. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the much the way that C- Celia Emery does that thing yeah. where she's, she's on the phone to someone saying, well, it sounds like a Leonardo da Vinci, but I'd have to see it to be sure. Goodbye. <laughs> so yeah, it's just not really very believable retail dialogue. <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah. That's not great, is it? And Ken is uh, getting really annoyed with the fact that Claude is coming to visit them at the shop. He's like, what does he mean he's just passing? This is Tarrant, not the Algarve or something. He's yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, and then Claude arrives, the Frenchest person on earth, obviously played by a Scottish actor called Malcolm Jameson, who just <laughs> does the most fantastic accent. Ah, the old alliance. <laughs> it's really good. Um, and Bonjour! Then- <laughs> it's great to see you, Jan. May we? Oh, I've got some right lovely wee bits. <laughs> from my collection of couture. <laughs> okay, Phil, you're playing him in the remake. <laughs> Booking. Oh, um. Maintenant. <laughs> Zut alors. This is like absolutely meets Howard's way. It's brilliant. Um, then we go back to the court scene where the director, Sarah Helling, she gets really noir and she just focuses the camera on the shadows of the men walking up the stairs. It's yeah. beautiful. Really, you have to appreciate this. Yeah. Um, and then I, so I looked her up because I was like, who is this woman? She's incredible. Yeah. And it turns out the reason why I love her is that her job before being a freelance director was she used to make the documentary segments for Blue Peter. Ah, so that's clearly right. why I love her. She also directed the Doctor Who episode, The Mark of the Rani. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, which is the same year. So she had a really busy year that year. You're not a Doctor Who fan. Um, I, no, I loved it when I was a kid. And when it came back, I kind of didn't see the point. And also I was a grown up. <laughs> it's, it's a kid show. And yes, it's a kid show. Yeah. But no, The Mark of the Rani, obviously, which starred Kate O'Mara. Yeah. Crossover. Hello. Crossover. Um, was Kate O'Mara a sidekick ever of the Doctor? No, wasn't she the Rani? Wasn't she the baddie? Right, I'm mixing Kaomara up with a fellow uh, uh, brunette. Do they all look the same to you? Leilani? Was there Leilani? (laughs) Oh, Oh, I don't know. A Doctor Who sidekick? And again, you know, we're talking about the era of Doctor Who when I was busy doing other things. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously you were. Yes. You were watching Howard's Way with Billy Bragg. Um, (laughs) 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 Which is now an image I will never be able to shake shake it off. Can't shake it off. Frankly, it's a lovely image. Katie's a bad man. Katie's very wrong. That's why. I have written this ideological song. Oh, can represent what's bad for British people. <laughs> well, you can, don't spoiler the song at the end. God, don't spunk all your good stuff now. Anyway, and then we're back in the courtroom and um, you see Shellett. And every time you see Shellett... Honestly, one... you saying those words, it's like I'm in a Joyce Grenfell sketch. <laughs> That's the biggest compliment anyone's ever Which has been written me. by Frankie Boyle. It's just like... <laughs> Don't spunk your good stuff up the wall now. (laughs) Don't do that, George. (laughs) I basically always wanted to be Joyce Grenfell. Um, Anyway, so whenever Shelley appears on screen, Simon May, the the music man, he always gives him this like weird Russian spy theme. (laughs) He's not Russian, but he always has the Russian music. No idea why. So this is the last. Simon Gray's Belly Like a moment. (laughs) 
Simon May. God, get his name right. He's Whatever. a genius. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, he did. Obviously, we have a lot of his vinyl. If you're ever interested, really in borrowing any, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all TV. Is he Brian's things. dad? <laughs> yes, he's Brian Thank May's you. dad. Definitely. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Anyway, back at the Howard's house, Sad Lynn is being filmed through the banisters again on the phone going, oh, what time do you expect him back? Um, this, oh, they build this very, very... They spend a lot of time doing the build do. of the Lynn moment. Then, so then Leo comes home, tells her all about Abby, and Lynn sort of rather disconsolate. He says, you can take those flowers and give them to your not-girlfriend because they were sent to me by someone who doesn't care about me. What? Yeah, this is very tragic. I mean, what happens is, well, we'll get there. Um, I hope we get there. <laughs> then back at the Yacht Club, there's a drink... So Claude and Ken and Jan are kind of meet, are having a meeting. Yeah. And so the drinks tray is kind of like in the front of shot. Again, that's very acorn antiques. Yeah. And you follow the drinks tray to their table and they set it down. And Claude appears to be having a, a pint of le- weak lemon squash. <laughs> Not sure why a French man would be drinking that. That is so. actually a pint of perno. And that's, that, it'll be pint, <laughs> of course. Of lemon course. squash, perno. <laughs> they, just, they just weren't sure about measures, you know, being an English bar. It's like, oh, I don't know, just give him the whole bottle. No idea. Oh, I'd like a pint of perno, please. S'il vous plaît. Thank you. The famous French fashion designer. Oh, my designs are très jolie. <laughs> So they're saying having a drink. He's got lemon squash or whatever you said it was. Yeah. And um, and then Ken pays the waitress. I really like the way he pays the waitress. So he's got a money clip. Yeah. Does anyone have those anymore? He unfolds the notes, takes one note, folds it lengthways. Lengthways. So he can kind of give it to her like it's a... So he can brandish it. Yeah. Like so a baton. So it remains stiff as he passes it to her. Hello. <laughs> you know, everything he does is a bit of a, you know, well... <laughs> Money, stiffy, stiffy's money. And in Ken said, they're all the same thing. He only gets stiffy. Ken is a sexist as well. <laughs> oh, he's a massive sexist. Yeah. Dreadful. Oh, God. You see the, the way he treated his girlfriend. Before Jan, he was going out with this poor girl called Dawn, who, who's actually just called Poor Dawn in my notes. Yeah. And he just basically t- tells her she's horrible and to go away. All the time, that's all he ever does. Wow. And uh, she just hangs around him for a long time. Okay. With hair like a poodle. Anyway. Poor Dawn. So Jan and Claude basically trying to pitch to Ken, uh, their fashion business. So yeah. he's kind of in a position of power, but yes. he's not really because you know he can't compete with a French guy, no. and he can sense that Jan is you and know, even less so with a Scottish man. <laughs> the, the, the combination of Scottish and French together, yeah, it's a it's a heady, doomed. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm already just thinking about it. I'm getting very <laughs> excited. Um, then we go to the marina at night. So now, pathetic fallacy. It's raining. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever used the words pathetic fallacy to describe any scene of Howard's Way before, but I just have. And she goes down to the marina because she wants once and for all to find out where the bloody hell Charles has got to yeah. because he hasn't returned yeah. her calls. Here's my favourite bit about this scene. Go on. Why is Samantha guarding the yacht at the marina? <laughs> because that's what you do when Especially you're having... at night. At night, yeah. that's what you do, is you have your personal assistant acting as a sex barrage. Like a sentry. Between you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Samantha is, I mean, obviously owed him a lot of money. Yeah. If she's, if she's on that kind of contract... Samantha, I'm going to be on my yacht. Could you do a bit of light guarding of the yacht? (laughs) She's not even got a gun. I know. She needs something like a mop or just something to, you know, sentry with. I I mean, a a, a taser would be nice. A harpoon. Oh, that would be Be fitting in in with the theme. But she's a bit of a shit sentry because she says, you know, Miss Howard, why don't you go home? He'll call you another time. She can't really put her off. And so when Lynn just like, she she doesn't even barge past her. She just kind of steps around her. 
her. Lynn walks around her and she, and then she turns and goes, no. Yeah, and then she, <laughs> she turns around, she doesn't run, doesn't yeah, run, she nothing. just stands oh, there. that's She's unacceptable. A, we need this moment to happen. Lynn yeah. then charges into the boat, into goes the downstairs. Boat, down. It seems to be bigger on the inside. Yeah, it's a TARDIS yacht. It does appear So to she be. goes in, she's in the, uh, in the, the living room bit yeah. and she looks left. Looks right, turns around, runs down the corridor, yep. and we see the classic reveal of our point of view of her coming into the doorway mm-hmm. and her horrified eyes. And what does she see, Phil? And what does she see? He's fucking a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> He's well, we didn't see that right coming. Right in the blowhole. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> dolphin porn. How did we get here? How? <laughs> It was just an innocent oh, trip down memory lane, sorry. and now it's dolphin So he's he's, um, he's he's um, <laughs> he's rolling around on the bed, and Holt style. Yeah, look she's, at his back. He's with a sexy lady. He's with a sexy lady, and like one of her straps is sort of slightly totally. off, so she's you can in almost a, she's in a, see. Is it a Basque? I think she's in a Basque. I think she's in a Basque, and it's like, you know this is still pre-watershed, so it's just it's you can, basically you can't see. a lady has fallen out of a Motley Crue video into Tony's bed. She literally she has. She does totally look like one of the Motley Crue ladies. You know. <laughs> but Charles says the immortal line, Lynn, this is Honey Gardener, my wife. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now, Honey Gardener is the best name Which is uh, great in porn, Howard's though. way. It's a good it's, porn name. It's a great porn name, but isn't a Honey Gardener, isn't that a bee? It's a bee. <laughs> Having, not dolphin sex. Hello. He's having sex I'm with a, a bee. Honey gardener. <laughs> <laughs> she can only fuck him once and then she dies. I know, it's really sad. <laughs> so sad. Then her bum falls off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm just oh, seeing this whole thing with like new eyes. Anyway, terrible. be serious now because something what, very no? tragic is about to oh, happen. Oh, it is, yeah. So Lynn runs outside, the rain is a lot heavier. I think they may even have got a rain machine for this bit. Absolutely. It's dark. She runs across the pontoon she's away from the boat. Her, and she's in a onesie. She's in a, a sort of a lemon jumpsuit yeah. with, with cropped ankles. She's in a yeah. lemon jumpsuit. She's running <laughs> running along what we would uh, what we would call the, the pier. The, the, a the, pontoon? A pontoon. Is it the where, the, the, where the boats are moored up? Yeah. And um, She's running along that. She's in slow motion. In slow-mo. Yeah. As if to emphasise her sorrow. Her distress. Her distress. Yeah. So she's running in slow motion. And I really remember this. I remember this from being 10. I found it horrific. <laughs> and then presumably Mr May is ramping up the... It's just synth oh of doom. Oh, my God. It's one low, long is it synth a... note. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, okay. it's, that. it's that. So we think we're watching Big Brother and we're about to be told who's been evicted. <laughs> yes. So who's about to be evicted from the boatyard? <laughs> and I think we can see. Well. It'll be the lady. Honestly, yeah. what, what would have only made that jumpsuit better would have been a big blue sticker with fifes on it. That would have been nice. So she's, she's like a running, lovely like banana. Like an enormous banana Aww. of doom. Tell your podcast <laughs> listeners what happens, Julia Rayside. Do you want me to? I'd like you, you to right. because I sense that this is your, more your show than mine. What, really? How do I? How did you get that impression? Because the show sucks. <laughs> oh, my God. Your get podcast, out of my podcast. Your podcast is 10 times better than Howard's Way. Let me tell you now. Oh, I love a you. A thousand Thanks. times better. I'll take that as a sort of backhanded compliment. Really? Um, I'll tell you what. The only way I would watch the whole series is if we did this. Okay, fine. You're watch, on. I'll watch all of it. And then we, we you and me. <laughs> Consider yourself booked. Dismiss Howard's Way. <laughs> Genuinely, that would be my dream country. So anyway, Lynn, she's really it's crying. It's difficult. So she's really got... So she's, Presumably, she has to cry faster. She does in so real time. At half so, speed. so she's running along in normal time, but going. 
So her face is like there's a lot there's massively. a lot of movement yeah, yeah, yeah. and her hair's thrashing about yeah. and, and she it's it's all very kind of low key but I remember it being such a big deal when I was a kid it's like oh my god it's the end of the series we yeah. don't find out what happens for a no. long while after this and she trips, trips. and in one sort of si- single motion trips trips, trips. whacks her head on head like a on metal tap. cleat there's a faucet up. there's a it's a Who tap put that tap it's a there? tap what Who the put plumber that put it there Julia Raystein because he was hired to you need <laughs> fresh water when uh, there's boats there's okay. loads of taps okay over those little uh, I, I keep honestly we haven't got the name for what it is it's not <laughs> pontoon. a pier it's a pontoon it's not a pontoon did you think the tap pier. was authentic then because I thought that was a bit of a spurious thing to find just it's lying a around yeah it's, it's what's his name put it there are you saying taps are on the, two MacGuffins this episode <laughs> so it's what's shell his it. name shell, shell it. it shell it and the tap <laughs> shell it as a rogue plumber it was probably in a, poorly placed yeah, taps. He put it we there. all know who put the tap there. Julia. Anyway, she hits her head. Is it Polly? It, it was Polly Herker. Another, well, another body. So that is it. She falls into the water. Into the drink. It's and dark. As she we know, unless she keeps swimming, she's going to die. And then, she has to move forward like a shark. But, exactly. It's okay. She's in water. This should be fine. Yeah. But so she disappears beneath the water. You see the surface. You know, it's kind of choppy. Ripples. But, you know, she doesn't come back up. And then there's the theme tune. They struggle with the theme tune at the end of Howard's Way because sometimes that really jaunty... Da-da-da-da-da. It doesn't quite mesh with the action. But I think it's rather clever. So there's the synth of doom just seems to go on forever. Yeah. And then because the theme tune starts with like a timpani roll, yeah. it kind of it kind of works. Yeah. So you oh, yeah, end no, the show on the jaunty theme tune. The jaunty tune. end of Howard's Way theme tune is uh, quite an interesting... I love it. It's jazzy. It, but well, it's basically it's almost like he's gone. I've got a lot of music in the cellar. Let's <laughs> no, sling let's sling it all out. No, no, I disagree. All of Simon May's music is very much. There's an episode in season two that is all <laughs> scar. It's, it's a completely scar. <laughs> oh, episode. you'd love that, <laughs> Tom. <laughs> he does like to genre hop, but no, I think that's um, that's great fun. It's great fun. If we can have Ballylikers for Shellet, then we can have Scar for that's Jack. That's true. Yeah, Jack's <laughs> gay Scar disco. Come in, Tito, loving it. Yeah, that does definitely happen. So you'll have to come back for that episode. <laughs> now, I ask, and you've mentioned yeah. the music already. I do I ask my guests. Yeah. Obviously, this is the last podcast of the series, so yeah. if you would be prepared to, it would be amazing if yeah. you could sing us out with your version of the theme I can, tune. I can sing it out. Okay, as you prepare yourself, yeah. I'd just like to say, sincerely, <laughs> Phil Jupitus, thank you for being always there. Thank you, Julia. <laughs> Don't cry. Why? I'm going to be Jack. Don't call me Phil. I'm Jack from now on. Hi. This song is about my life. Comedy And also poetry And sometimes acting as well I also draw Not professionally my career Hazard, it is clear They all say Phil Jupitus Is the stupidest man And when I go to work at night I love to entertain the people They come from town church and steeple They are all there for me So poor.
do drugs professionally. I can't do it anymore. I'm sorry. I have to stop now. <laughs> Oh. Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. GreatBigOwl.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.